Hello and welcome to the December episode of Charging Status, a Christmas special episode if you take. The EV Focus podcast brought to you from the interface. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Jim Starling. How are you doing, Jim? I'm all right, Alex. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I've had a busy busy week with a GV70, which is really nice. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll just, uh, just to precursor this, this video you're seeing will be on Jim's channel. Um, the audio version will be live on the usual places. Um, we're just trying something a bit different dif- different this month. So, um, again, busy month. We've got a lot of different things to get through. Um, you've been to America. I'm sure you've been uh, having fun over there. Um, the very first thing I want to get to is I went to... Uh, so I've had the GV70 um, this week. It's going mm-hmm. back today, actually, which I'm very, very sad about. <laughs> um, but I took it to... I did an EV road trip on Saturday. Um a, I did 300 something miles. There was no problems. Um, there's nothing, no interesting stories, no fires, no horror <laughs> yeah. stories this time. So did, three, did over 300 miles. And, so this one didn't yeah. catch fire? No, wow, I did over 300 incredible. miles and I, I didn't have any stress. I didn't lose my family. I didn't I didn't lose my girlfriend. Wow. So that was all good. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm lucky I got through it, to be honest. I, I'm lucky I made it a lot. You are. Um, yeah, yeah, you're a you're a soldier though. You know, you you carry on for the rest of us. So, yeah, respect. Where did you go on this 300 mile non fiery adventure? Anyway, I took it to Grid Serving Braintree. So their first um, electric forecourt over in Essex. It was a bit of a drive, um, but I my initial thing was on the on my channel. I do a bit of EV guides on how to use certain chargers because all a bit different, aren't they? Um, so I went yeah. with the idea to do two things. I was going to test drive one of the Polestar 2s because I've never driven one before. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. And then also mm-hmm. I was going to film a guide on how to use a grid serve charger because when I've tried to have a look at where they are before, there was, there's always two of them and it's a bit tricky to film. Yeah. So, um, But I was 80% through filming a video, back to the outro, and this guy came up to me who works at grid serve. He said, oh, he said, oh what are you doing? Um, I said, I'm filming a video. He said, oh, what's that for? I said, oh, it's YouTube. And he said, oh, um, can you not? Because we've had a few instances before. So I basically got told off for making a video at a, a, a grid serve In- charge. Incidents of what? Um, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I could think about is either two things. They've Well, actually, what he said to me was, can you go... The, all videos that are filmed here, you have to go for their PR department. And then that made me think. I think either there's been videos out there that have said things that they're not they don't agree with, Mm. Or two, people have been stood in the middle of the forecourt and got either hit by a car or in videos that they weren't too happy about, like members of the public in videos that made it on YouTube. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Just felt a bit wrong. Like I'm making a video about how to use one of your chargers, but you've you told me off for filming. I don't know. Really weird. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always a chance that the guy could have just been a knob, um, and maybe he wouldn't have come over and challenged you if you'd have been fully dressed. You know, these are, these are the other questions that, that (laughs) remain to be answered. Um, but yeah, I I know some companies are mega protective, aren't they? Of like their corporate identity and everything, but it does seem crazy when you're filming an instructional video that might help people use their product and spend money with them. But I always think if they don't want your publicity, then bugger them quite frankly yeah um yeah, yeah just just like some of the crummy little car companies that refuse to lend you a car and then someone else will give you like 150,000 pound car and be happy for the exposure and uh, you know mm-hmm. so a, a little crummy car company treats you like something they've trodden in um <clears throat> and i sort of think well I'll, i won't give you any exposure of any kind 
if that's how you want to play it. Um, so yep. yeah, Sodom. Yeah, I managed to get one filmed in the end. Um, with services were good, serve because um, I wanted to do one on that while I had the car. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I managed to get one done. But the the Braintree four core, just a little talk about that. It's yeah, it's lovely. I never, never, I think it's been open for about three years now, or maybe two years. But yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was on Saturday. What time was it? it was about Saturday lunchtime. No, it was very quiet. Um, not many people charging, but it's yeah, lovely, lovely thing they made. They got. Um, a few cars you can test drive and I test drive a Polestar 2 which we'll get to in a bit but yeah it was good yeah cool mm-hmm. nice hot off the press so we're recording this on Tuesday 19th um, there was some talk last night about I saw some stuff on Twitter from various people and we verified it ourselves um, on Least Loco so Jim uh, you do a lot of work with Least Loco you do a monthly video I think two monthly videos now about Least Loco deals um, there was this absolute bargain uh, that popped up on on Least Loco yesterday. Um, it was from Maxus T90, um, and we've got a, a Maxus T90 in the five deals of the month video uh, section of the podcast as well. But this popped up for an absolute cracker of a deal yesterday. So it's basically a hundred quid a month uh, and a hundred quid up front for an electric pickup truck that's worth like fifty grand. <laughs> mm. Yeah, crazy. And um, <clears throat> I know it didn't last very long last night, and then. I, I was actually going to do a video about it. Um, I actually saw it when it was a, it was on a two-year deal on a, for 174 quid a month. And I actually recorded a little video for it. I asked Lease Loco for the link. And they sort of said, well, let us verify this one because this seems completely wrong. Uh, and they mm. called the broker and the broker actually said, oh, actually, the financier's just pulled out. So we've got to remove the deal. Mm. Um, read into that sort of what you will really but Lease Loco sort of were immediately suspicious of that one and um, the small in the deal keeps changing constantly and they are sort of looking at it at their end so if if there does end up being an amazing deal on that vehicle I will have a video out uh, today which is probably a couple of days ago by the time you you watch this or listen to this podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sort of raises that more general point at the moment, which is some absolutely amazing lease deals coming through on electric cars. And indeed, new new car deals. Like if you've got cash and you want to buy a new electric car at the moment, there are some incredible deals. Now, all the EV naysayers will obviously say, Bob, it's because nobody wants them and nobody buys them and everything else what mm. these deals have been so far the crazy one i mean my friend's just ordered an id buzz this morning and let me tell you what he's paid Ooh. for that it's on a it's on a business lease this is one of my very best friends um he's paid nine months up front and 247 quid a month uh, plus fat obviously because it's a business lease on a 24 month deal um, the price of that car is sixty-five grand. He's going to have it for two years for about, I don't know, probably seven and a half off the top of my head. And that car will probably oh, wow. lose thirty That's... grand of its, probably lose thirty grand of its value in the next two years, and he's getting it for yeah, like seven it's... and a half. That's... But why would you lease yeah. one? Because you don't own it at the end. That's why, folks. That's why you would lease one, <laughs> because you don't own it at the end when it's lost loads of money. Um, but anyway, I digress. 
the the reason this is happening and the reason these super cheap deals are coming around right now uh, is because the traditional car manufacturers are struggling to hit their zero emission vehicle quota, which is now well and truly in force. And it means a certain percentage of vehicles that they sell have to be zero emissions vehicles. And that percentage number increases every year until 2030, I think it is, or is it 2035? 2030, I think. Um, yeah, and I for someone remember. like Tesla, yeah, for someone like Tesla, obviously it's not a problem because they only make zero emissions vehicles. If you're VW, you're banging trouble. Um, so they've taken what's probably their most popular EV, by far their best EV, and they've said, "There you go. You can have it for next to nothing, just to obviously get loads of sales through." I think they're all pre-registered as well. So um, mm -hmm. I guess that helps them push the sale through. If they register the car as new themselves, well, it's a it's a sale. Um, so I yep. guess they're putting them through at, at cost is is my best guess on it. Maybe even sort of sub cost um, to avoid what could be a massive fine. The traditional manufacturers, by the way, can also buy like zero emissions credits from the full EV manufacturers. So they could buy credits from Tesla. Um, so yeah, the, the two crazy ones we've seen have obviously been that Mercedes EQC and the ID Buzz, um, but certainly some other really good EV deals around at the moment. So maybe December is going to be the month to lease yourself an EV in future. Yeah, is it right in thinking to that fine? I think it's like, is it something to do with like 25 grand or something? I read that, I don't know if that's right or not, but I read that recently. That the fine for not selling so many EVs per year, it's like the fine's just huge. So I think what, twenty-five grand per if the fine is that big. Well, I I don't know where I'm getting that from. Might be that might be correct. Yeah, surely they'd rather pay. They'd rather not pay that fine and then sell that vehicle at a, a a loss, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean they can afford to sell it sub cost. If you said, well, actually, we'll pay five grand towards each car, and it's only costing us. If it is twenty five grand a vehicle, it's only costing us twenty thousand yeah. pounds a vehicle. Then instead of twenty, uh, it costs us five thousand a vehicle instead of twenty five. But whatever, it's all going on at the moment. And in December, we've seen the best lease deals on very expensive uh, new EVs that we've ever seen before. Yeah, it's all crazy. Um, we got as I mentioned, we also got that uh, so that Maxus T ninety. So I had a quote back from the broker. Uh, it was 99, this is for a business lease, so it's XVAT prices and that sort of thing. It's effectively, after the initial refund they give you, it works out at £99 up front and £99 a month <laughs> for, two, for 12 months. So yeah, I've got all the details there. They've, they've, put the, they've put the vehicle as worth £62,000, which is really weird. Um, 62 yeah. grand? Yeah, 61,566. Wow. So yeah. Um, got some follow-ups to get through. So Last month, well, it must be last month now, you were in Las, Las, oh, I was going to say Las Vegas then, but you were in Las Vegas, you were in Las Angeles for I was the in... auto show. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was in Las Vegas after Los Angeles. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I went to, I basically recorded some videos for Men & Motors YouTube channel, and um, lots of them are not out yet, by the way, but they have released oh, really? a little bit of content so far, yeah. Um there you go. I just I just film it. They release it when they want. So um, yeah, I did the LA Auto Show, 
I saw some amazing stuff there, like the Ionic 5N. Uh, I was at the launch of the Lucid Gravity. Um, it was a complete bun fight, so the footage I got there was really quite bad because it was it was it was like Fight Club or something. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw the Kia EV3 and EV4 concepts. Uh, got to sit in the okay. EV9 for the first time. Um, and then as, aside from sort of the electric stuff, there's some really cool gas guzzling stuff as well because I was in America after all. Um, the Ford Bronco yep. for me was like this, the standout of the show. That platform is amazing. You can buy so many mm. different versions of the Bronco that sort of fill a completely different need to the next one. Um, very, very clever. Sort of the Nissan Z, which uh, being mm. a, a 90s JDM fan, uh, I really liked seeing that. That was great. And um, also there was a, a thing which was, I don't know if you've ever seen the show. I think it was called dream cars robert downey jr's dream cars um i've not seen that before, robert no. downey, right so he basically took six of his sort of family vehicles and made them um more eco-friendly and it wasn't a case of just taking the engine out and putting ev running gear in they did that in one or two of them um but yeah really different things so like more sustainable interiors and lots of different sort of clever things there and I, I sort of did a little interview with his co-host and the producer of the show who's been one of his best mates for like 20 years um that's cool so that was really cool yeah and just loads of amazing stuff there it really was a first class show so really enjoyed that also went to the peterson museum um which is incredible uh if you like movies and things i mean they've got the hero car from back to the future like the delorean um with everything mm. inside uh, basically if you see them sitting in the car in one of the movies it's that one um they had kit from knight rider they had um the 1989 batmobile um just incredible stuff there and um obviously some great sort of historic stuff and concept mm. stuff and really really cool they also had a whole floor dedicated to tesla and um tesla has given them the prototype of every one of their vehicles so they had the pro right. prototype of the Cybertruck there um complete with the ball and the sledgehammer that were put through the window <laughs> um they had uh the original roadster they had a, a scale model of the new roadster they had the semi, oh. um, literally everything. It was very, very cool, really well done, actually. They also had sort of an art installation, if you like, of a Model Y just taken to pieces and everything was sort of suspended from the ceiling. And that was really cool. Oh, you right. could see just, just how few sort of components make up a Model Y. Um, but yeah. yeah, very, very cool trip. And then we went up to, um, up to Vegas and did a video on the the Shelby Heritage Centre up there and saw some very non-electric vehicles. I also met Damon Hill there. All right, um, fair enough. Yeah, in my hotel. And um, <laughs> so we, we got there like 12 hours after the F1 had finished. So right. there was still plenty of plenty of nonsense around that going yeah. on. Um, so yeah, very, very good trip, but very busy. Yeah, I must say, given you could tell how busy it was from the videos that have been out, I, I thought they were very good considering the fact that it must have been quite busy and distracting in different types of things. And yeah, so I, th I thought they were quite good videos. 
at that LA Auto show, we must have filmed, like actually filmed for five or six hours. Um, yeah. And very little really was released prior to the show, so you couldn't do lots of research before because yeah. you literally didn't know what was going to be there. So um, yeah, apart from one or two cars that were announced... So it's tough, and we had loads of technical difficulties. There were about two hours of it they had to completely re-record because we had no sound. Um, oh. So yeah, it was a real challenge, and certainly like three days in, I was completely exhausted. Um, but yeah, it was just an amazing trip, and well worth the time and the effort. Really. Um, how did you get? So if you're filming for six hours straight, how did you get around the battery, like charging your phone and stuff? Like, we'll charge all the microphones and things. Yeah, so I've got um, I've got the new Rode, what's it called? Wireless Go Pro. Wireless Go. And it comes in yeah. like... Oh, Pro. Yeah, it comes in a, in a little charging case, like AirPods do or whatever. Oh. Um, yeah. So anytime we stop to get a drink or anything, chucked them back in there. They last for ages anyway. My gimbal's mm. got like a 12-hour battery, and um, we literally swapped cameras so uh it yep. made life easier that way fair enough yeah the roads mm. the road stuff's really good i was looking at the wireless go pro stuff uh, before but they look, they look really good oh i met jenny buckley there awesome. as well oh nice yeah i That's was cool. i was over film were they filming some stuff there yeah i was just sort of filming a bit of the kia ev3 and ev4 um from next to the stand and and Ginny was about to get invited onto the stand to go <laughs> do some proper filming. And she had like a camera person and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, with some proper equipment. So I wasn't jealous at all. But she told me she was actually the original presenter on Men and Motors. So that was that was quite cool. But she was really nice, actually. Really, really nice. That's good. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, I just want to mention your first of two now. You're living with an EV video. It's a one-take <clears> wonder, as you call it. Um mm-hmm. It's done quite well, actually. You've had 31,000 views. I thought that video was actually really good. Um, I'm impressed at how you did it in one take because the amount of takes I do for my videos is just ridiculous. Um, fumbling over words. But I thought it was really good. Like, um, Just a good talk about what an EV is like to live with. The funny thing is, I went out to the car to film a review of a dash cam and realised I couldn't be bothered. Um, and I thought, actually, I'm just going to turn this on and talk about what it's like to live in an electric car. And I literally came off my drive and I start speaking in that video probably 90 seconds after I had the idea. Yeah, that's impressive. But just just to make it as natural as possible. Um, yeah. Because I'd... I personally like stuff that's natural when someone's just having a chat with you rather than something that's perhaps mm-hmm. a bit more... I mean, I don't script anything I do ever, but sometimes... Mm-hmm. I mean, you could watch probably... Fully Charged would probably do a similar video or what car or something. It would be mega professional and really well shot and it would cover mm. absolutely every topic and it would never repeat itself. But I'd rather watch someone having a chat. So I thought... I'll make something that I might want to watch. Well, that's what the beauty of YouTube. You can have an idea, and then a minute later you can go and film it and then upload it the same day. It's just... <laughs> yeah. It's if, it, if that was stuff on TV, it would take you months and months. Um, but yeah, I, just I, was, wish I thought that was really it, yeah. well done. So. I just wish it was always that easy to get 30,000 views, but never mind. 
<laughs> yeah. So, Alex, what have you been up to? We've heard enough about me. Um, so again, I had the GV70 this week. Um, so, but I, every time I get an EV, I go and try it at Tesla Supercharger, one of the ones that is open to everyone. Um, and to my surprise, so I didn't try the GV60 because I had man flu that week. Um, but um, with the GV70, I've, I've I've tried tried it and it didn't work. Unfortunately, I tried it at V3 and also at a V4. Um, and I did some research, and apparently all the cars that are based on the, is it the GIMP platform, the eGIMP platform, um, or eGMP, so um, it's like Genesis, GV60, Ionic 5, um, and Kia EV6, all of them apparently are on a blacklist of te- with Tesla at the moment, and none of them work. Um, I did speak to someone on Twitter last night who had got a GV60, said he did, he has managed to get to work before, but I do wonder if it's something to do with the software thing um but apparently tesla know about it none of those cars work um and by the end of the year there's a software update going out to all tesla chargers to make them work so fewer people that can use a tesla charger the better so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the first mention of a gimp on this podcast so i think it should probably be the last as well but well done yeah Yeah. (laughs) hit the bingo card These ones are some sort of like you mentioned. Oh, you shouldn't be able to use them. But um, in my opinion, the expansion of Tesla's network, hopefully, so that they, on the website they does state that they plan to have every charger eventually by. Uh, so they didn't, they didn't actually give a date, but they plan to expand their entire network to be compatible with everyone. But because they're so cheap, that should, in theory, force everyone else to sort of stop taking us for granted a little bit, because. <laughs> um, Famously, there's one there's one charge in Reading where there's two rows of chargers. One side is grid serve, one side is Tesla that's V4. And there was a photo I saw when it opened and no one was using the grid serve ones because they were double the price. Mm. Um, and grid serve have increased their prices this year twice. Um, I think it's gone up by 11p or so, 12p uh, since the summer. So um, the fact that Tesla superchargers are cheap, it should force all the other operators to sort of be a bit sensible with their charging prices. So <clears throat> All Tesla will turn around and say, well, if you haven't got Tesla, we're going to charge you like something closer to what the others are charging maybe in the fullness of time yeah um, yeah might be you maybe you pay an extra 20p or something but i bet i bet they'll still be significantly cheaper and to be fair if they're yeah. in use for 16 hours a day and the grid serve one's in use for three hours a day well tesla can afford to charge a bit less per per hour can't they so um yeah yeah yeah, hopefully some of the others. It feels to me like it needs some proper regulation because it feels a bit like the Wild West at the moment. You can go to one public charger and it's like 60p and the next one's nearly a quid. The the So the Porsche chargers are probably one of the fastest and cheapest at the moment. They're, well, compared to the Aunt Tesla, I think mm. it's like 55p a kilowatt hour for 350 kilowatt. Yeah. Um, good serve. I think before June used to be 66p. Some point in August, I went up to 69p, and now it's 79p. Because mm. I went to charge on Saturday, I was like, "Oh, this isn't right. This is 79p. Why is it so much?" And I did some googling. So, ah, they've increased it again. Instavolt. Every time there's a tweet from Instavolt, they there's always people whinging in the comments saying, "Oh, it's so expensive." Because it is. It's 85p a kilowatt hour. Um, and yeah, I don't know what's going on with it. It's, it feels a bit. I don't know. Don't want to use the word predatory, but it just feels a bit wrong I don't yeah, know. it does yeah so. yeah and that leads me nicely into the gv70 so um for me personally i've been thinking about this all week i still prefer the gv60 i think um i don't know if you saw it with as well 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it as well, but the GV70 is not quite as efficient as the GV60. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if... So the both cars have the same battery, um, but the difference is, I think, potentially... One, the GV70 is massive compared to the 60, and less aerodynamic. Um, and also, I think the 70, because it's petrol car first, or it's it's converted into an EV essentially afterwards, mm. even though it's got the same battery, it's probably <clears throat> a little bit uh, hindered in that fact. Um, yeah. And also, I think... Yeah, some of the niceties with like the orb and the sixty, I still prefer. But overall, as a car, that thing is absolutely amazing. So quiet, um, and it, yeah, I, it's it's a lovely, lovely thing to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for me personally, I'd, I would, if it was my money, I'd, I'd get the GV sixty still. But yeah, mm-hmm. I I would definitely take the seventy over the sixty. Um, I just I think the seventies are just so good. And the mm. 60 to me feel the problem is I'd had every other Genesis before I got a GV60. And yep. my association of Genesis as a brand is like Mercedes, um, like top mm. end BMW. I'm, I'm putting it in that yes. bracket and GV60 to me felt like, an Ionic 5 or an EV6, which are both great cars, and obviously they are the same car, but it just felt like mm-hmm. an EV6 or an Ionic 5 with a slightly nicer interior. And certainly some of the materials mm. on the GV60 are not as good as you'll find in a GV70, the 80, any any of the other Genesis range. So it feels like the cheap Genesis mm. or an expensive Hyundai, where the... Yep, the others in the range I feel like feel like a premium premium car. Almost yeah, like yeah, think sense. of yeah, think of like five series BMW to one series BMW. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So yeah. what we um, what we've, what we've said, just, the what what we've established is you're wrong and I'm right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Overall, I think I think the Genesis brand. I've just been thinking about this the whole week. It's just so good. Uh, it's such mm. a shame that they haven't sold as many. Uh, I had a quick look on DVLA. There's, there's only like 700 GV60s on the road in the UK, and like double figures of everything else. Um, it's such a shame. Um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about it, but I spoke to the driver um, who delivered the Genesis, and he said there's some word around that they have six years left to sort themselves out. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, before you... John Day pulls the plug. So did you did you hear that then now going into Hyundai they're going to become a division of Hyundai rather than a that's right yeah company kind of thing um yeah uh, obviously to do some yeah. cost cutting i mean genesis is in the us it's it's pretty big you see a lot of them in the us oh, it's massive <laughs> yeah. yeah and um i think it's i think it's just big premium cars in this country people are very very set in their ways and in the US, they they're are. much yeah. more. People will happily go and buy a Lexus over a Mercedes or something in the US. And here, still, even mm-hmm. Lexus is like a little bit of a, not a niche brand, but it's certainly not mm. Mercedes or BMW, is it? No. Um, so, yeah, it's, no. it's tough. And when you come to market with a new brand and it's, you know, mega expensive. 
it's it is tough to mm-hmm. break in i'm sure yeah it also doesn't help that um so the generally speaking with the people that enough money to buy those cars they they like to go to dealerships uh, yep. and genesis only have three studios as they call them uh, yeah. I think there's two in london and one in edinburgh and the rest of them you just order online um they are moving towards a dealership approach i think with the the merging with the hyundai so mm. or the the management style of hyundai um so hopefully that will bring some more people into the brand because it is mm. uh, yeah unless you if you i've always said that pictures and videos don't always do cars justice the interiors yeah some of them look like absolute crap on pictures yeah. but they actually in person they're like oh my this is amazing so unless someone doesn't actually go and sit in a car they won't realize mm. how good it is so um i i hope that they'll be able to sort themselves out because oh, just yeah i think that's my favorite car brand this year the genesis vehicle so yeah but <laughs> so it's, good. yeah from i think from the moment i first got one um i just absolutely adored it just loved the things mm. so um yeah as i said the only one i'm not hundred percent on is is the gv60 and it's only because it doesn't feel like genesis so much yep that's fair enough um i've got a very quick thing i want to talk about the polestar 2 i had a one hour grid serve test drive so we spoke about it earlier um grid serve do you can book a free one hour test drive with many of the vehicles they've got they've got tons of them um all evs just to help you and they'll, they'll talk you through that whole EV if you want to. So it's no sales pressure, and you can try out a car. Um, I wasn't very impressed with the Polestar 2. I don't know if you've driven one before. Uh, one um, of my favourite cars I, is I th- the Polestar 2, uh, but I had the long-range performance one. So it was the full oh, or single right. dance. And it's one of not one of my favourite EVs, one of my favourite cars. All right. I, I thought <laughs> we're on the different... different uh, thought processes today um I, this was a standard range one so it's 45 grand and i mm-hmm. thought a model 3 was way better better than that um mm-hmm. i don't know it, it just felt like for, for that money the interior was really poor quality um something like the indicator noise felt like something was wrong with the speaker system that like you indicate left it felt like a weird like static noise i don't know but the only yeah. thing i found good about it was the infotainment system was the i'm a, I'm a bit of a font a font nerd so i thought the fonts they use were really nice um and the ui for the whole in- the whole screen was really nice as well but the rest of it i don't know it just felt very bland um but yeah but yeah with the the pulsar 2 in general i just thought it was a little bit lacking i don't know um but yeah mm. i wonder if um like the interior materials were not as good because it was like base spec mm. so obviously that's one thing in the t- if you buy a tesla you're only really buying the different powertrain, yep. aren't you? Like the interior is the interior yeah. and the infotainment's the infotainment. Um, so I, when I had one, albeit it was a while ago, and I don't know if they've done some kind of minor facelift I since. they have. They may have cut costs somewhere, but yeah. But the, the one I had was, I thought it was great. Mm. Like really fantastic. Um, yeah. I got very excited by that car. I mean, it drove really well. It was really fast, good handling and stuff. Um, took it for an hour around Braintree, mm. but um, just everything else around it, apart from the interior, because the, the infotainment was really good. Um, but yeah, that's just little little uh, one-eye impressions. So. Yeah, that, which is the infotainment's Google-based, mm. I think, isn't it? or Android-based. Yeah, it's based. Google-based. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, and it's a massive improvement over what used to come in in Volvo. Mm. Um, so I was immediately quite pleased to see that when I um, when I when I sort of first got into the the press car that yeah. I had because the Volvo infotainment system was okay but not mm. amazing, and it felt like a huge step up in that yeah. regard. But yeah, no. If you're in the if you're in the area, if you're in the area around Norwich or Braintree, go and book one online and you can try out a car for free. There's no sales pressure, so it's nice. Cool. Uh, and then you've been driving two EVs recently that I've found over on the Men and Motors channel. Um, it's got the ID three and the ID Buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find those two? It was actually quite a long time ago that I had those. It was oh, yeah. um, it was the day after we did that SMMT event. September. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah, but Men and Motors often sort of hang on to videos for quite a long time um, because they've got a fairly sort of strict release schedule. Okay. Um, so the the ID Buzz I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, we need to forget about the fact it's got slidey controls for things for a moment and it's got haptics mm. where, as you know, my thoughts on that is that VW have basically downgraded. Oh, yeah their cars by putting haptics in and a lot of people agree i think um so that aside i think it was an absolutely brilliant thing the amazing thing about that id buzz is the footprint of it is smaller than my model y really doesn't look like it yeah yeah it looks huge yeah Yeah. and i guess it's because it's got no bonnet to speak of yeah that's true yeah you know it's fair they're fairly flat fronted Mm. aren't they um, and I, I think the range is disappointing still. Um, I think that kind of car should have at least 300 miles of range uh, because it's a family touring car, basically. <coughs> I also think it's a shame they didn't do a seven-seat option from the off. I know the long wheelbase one is coming with the seven-seat um, or seven-seat option, but it would have been nice to have that as an option from the start because the boot is huge. You could easily get another couple of seats in that existing platform. Um, but yeah, the, the only downside for me really is, is the range aside from the, the infotainment issues, the infotainment system itself, uh, has been upgraded. Um, so it's better than you saw in sort of the original ID three, yep. for example, um, still not amazing. Um, but it's okay now, uh, in, in my brief time with the car i can say that anyway and yeah the other one i drove was the id buzz uh, uh, sorry the id3 and the id3 the first time round, i mm. hated it like i really wanted to like it and i hated it but i think i hated it possibly unfairly because i was so upset by the styling so I, I really wanted them to do a sort of mark one mark two golf mm. looking thing sort of a retro modern and I thought I think if they had I think it would have been a bit of a game changer and they didn't and it was silly and they released something that seemed rushed in every way and it felt to me like a pre-production car uh the first one I drove it had so many sort of bad design choices and bad um and I mean bad design from an ergonomic point of view not from from how it looks, how it actually functions. Um, and this one I drove was the facelift, the new version. And it, I mean, it's only subtly different, but it felt much more coherent. It felt much more like a car 
and a product that was like at the the final stage of its design. It felt like the car they should have released initially. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I'm still not in love with the looks of them, but you know, looks are completely subjective anyway. But it definitely felt like more of a finished product than the than the first version did, and um, I actually quite enjoyed it. Shock horror. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, hopefully with these. So there's been some more details of the ID2 launched last week. I think late last week there was a lot of journalists. I think went over to Germany yeah. and I saw uh, Auto Gefjord did a video. I love I love those videos. Um, Tom and his ruler. It's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his ruler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they give us like a whole. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, they gave us like a whole f- full <laughs> tour of the interior, and that that to me is where if that's where things are going, that's that, that's exciting because there's physical buttons and there's dials and things. Um, yeah, yeah I love the look of that thing, and there's lots of nice little touches on that. So when that comes out, I know it's a little bit. There's a few words about it. it's going to be a little bit late to the game, um, but I think mm-hmm. I think I think if it's any if it if it's as good as it looks, I think I think it'll be fine to be honest. I'm quite looking forward to that. So yeah. yeah. So hopefully VW are, are getting on their way to making things a bit better. Awesome. Yeah, I think the new CEO's having a. Uh, I was I was chatting to um, the PR guy at VW, and he was saying like what a difference the new mm. CEO's made, and he's very much about you know making VW yeah. special again, and making it a car that pe- mm. people want um, as well as need. And he feels like that's been possibly missing from the brand in recent times. And they've obviously also changed the CEO yeah. at Audi um, because the new the new CEO of the group felt that Audi had yep. lost their way. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll see a return to form for VW Group yeah. in the next couple of years. Fantastic. Uh, just a reminder for people to review the show. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been listening to this podcast. Me and Jim look forward to coming back every month to provide our takes on the latest EV updates. We would really appreciate it if you could re- review this show in the podcast app you're listening in, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anything else. If you're watching our gorgeous faces on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment and hit that like button. It really does help other people find this show. Without further ado, let's get back to the EV news. Uh, the next one is, well, the first story I've got is the Jeep Avenger Petrol. Um, it's now on sale. Now, when this was launched, it was supposed to be an EV, it's a pure EV. Um, I've got a few maybe controversial mm. takes on it. Um, so just for some instruction, the Jeep mm-hmm. Avenger was £35,000. Uh, I saw one on Saturday, actually, uh, Sunday, actually. It looked quite cool. Um, they're, yeah, they're going to be sold as a pure electric car. It was showing the same EV platform with other Stellantis vehicles like Peugeot, Citroën, and Vauxhall. Um, but there were some plans. So apparently in Spain and Italy and Poland, those markets are a bit behind on EV infrastructure as we are. Uh, we're a bit behind yeah. Germany as well. But anyway, um, so Jeep, mm-hmm. we're going to sell the petrol version there using some Stellantis engines. Uh, but apparently Jeep uh, dealers in the UK have been inundated with requests for a petrol Avenger. So they've sort of given in and started selling one now mm-hmm. it's a very limited version it's no option extra is just paint um you can choose but i've i don't know um i think i think it's a little bit disappointing because i understand that they need to sell vehicles and they've got demand for vehicles then that's a good thing but they could have sort of set an example for people i guess mm-hmm. like other other manufacturers have said yeah we've got this cool design we're going to make it ev only and that's it but i don't know i don't know what your take was on that yeah, it's a difficult one because in the boardroom, and especially someone like Stellantis, 
they make decisions made on mm. on bottom line and they're not there to no. set examples and and do anything like that so if, if i was in charge of that company i would have done exactly the same thing to be fair um if the demand is there you just meet that demand um but the i haven't driven the avenger yet but from by all accounts from speaking to some people that have it's really nothing mm. special and i wonder how good a petrol version of that car will be when it's been designed ground up as an ev obviously we've seen evs that were designed as petrol cars initially and they're not always mm. the best uh and when you flip that on its head i don't know it's an odd one for me mm. i can think i can see why people want it like think oh i want it but so the petrol one's gonna be 27 grand the ev one is 35 so i can see oh people might look at it and think oh it's really expensive but it's mm. a lovely looking car um I don't know how it, it... I'm not entirely mm. sure how it won Car of the Year when it was out for like a few months. But anyway, a um, bit, bit weird. But Yeah, I know. And and like sp- speaking to a couple of people at various events that have driven them, uh, the first person I spoke to, I said, have you driven the Jeep of Avenger? And they said lots of rude words. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I haven't driven one, so I'll Neither keep my powder dry personally. Yep. Mm. Fair enough. But yeah, I just thought it was a little bit, little bit disappointing. But um, it does look, it does look cool. I can see how people want it, and there's sort of demand for it. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's a, it's a great design. Hundred mm. percent. Um, next two, uh, we got there's two little EVs which have been discontinued. So we've got the first one is a story I wrote over on your website, notoguru.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Renault Zoe. It's been discontinued after eleven years. So um, over that time, it's been on sale since 2012. Uh, there's been two different generations. Um, the most recent one um, had quite a good range of over 230 miles. Um, but yeah, they've they've decided to drop drop it from sale uh, last week. Um, so in terms of what's going to replace it, it's going to be the Renault 5, but that there's no date of release mm-hmm. for that that I could find. So they've released a concept car back in 2021. Um, apparently the mm-hmm. production version is going to look very similar, but there's no information on when it's going to go on sale. But at the moment, so there's only one Renault electric car on sale, which is the Megane. Seems so, a really weird decision, because the Zoe's always been reasonably popular. You see lots of them around. yeah, And it seems so weird to remove it before the Renault 5's out I know bizarre they've sold tons unless unless they have unless they're like retooling their factory or something to produce the Renault 5 but I don't know there must be more to it than that because it just it seems such a strange decision yeah um, so officially production will stop in 2024 um, so March 2024 but in the UK here um, it's just been removed from the market entirely. So, um, but as I said, they've sold loads. They've sold nearly four hundred thousand since twenty twelve, which is yeah, a really really good achievement. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, next one, a little sort of comes sad news is the Honda E. So I reviewed the Honda E a bit late uh, a few months ago, and there were some murmurings around that that would get discontinued, but Honda couldn't confirm or deny if that was actually the case. Um, but they've now confirmed the fact that the Honda is going to be dropped from sale. So mm. I, I can't think they've sold many, unfortunately. Um, and going forward, they've got the EMY1, which is their only electric car in the lineup. 
Um, and there's been some mixed mm. things said about it online already. Um, but yeah, I such a such a shame. Um, I would have I would have loved for a a new one, um, some re- redone one. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was <clears throat> such a good car. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, had its limitations with range and stuff. But the the biggest problem was the price tag. Um, I, I mean, it was just a crazy amount of money for that car. You know, I mean, you were nearly at Model Three money for for a Honda mm-hmm. E, and <clears throat> I know it probably just came too came along sort of too early in the day because that should be at twenty five grand they'd sell hundreds of thousands of them at thirty what was it thirty seven thirty seven grand yeah yeah. I mean, no, quite frankly. No. Um, brilliant, brilliant little thing, but it's not a £37,000 car. Um, but at twenty five grand, it would be a massive seller. Well, I was watching some reviews from when it was launched. That was the price it was. So it was like twenty five grand, twenty six grand initially. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know why the price increased, but... Um, yeah, such a shame. I, I I think we spoke last episode about that weird um, Honda E typed concept car. It's like a red and black, red and white type thing. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there is something along that. Obviously, manufacturers won't discuss what's coming soon if there's no plans for it yet. But um, we'll have to see what they get yeah. get up to. But yeah, bit of a shame because I love that car. So. Mm. Cool. Uh, we didn't do it last month. We got five used EV deals from Auto Trader. The first one I clicked on <laughs> and it and it went from twenty three grand to thirty nine grand. So overnight it, it already changed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I managed to find there's loads of these Maxus T ninety EVs. So we spoke at the top of the show about um lease deals on the Maxus, but there's loads of them which yep. are practically brand new for no money at all. Um so there's mm-hmm. loads of them for about this sort of price, twenty three grand. Um some of the some of the yeah. brand new, some have done a few miles. It's I don't know what is going on. Uh, must be very similar to what we mentioned about leasing things. But this is a fifty fifty one grand car, brand new, and it's like half price. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's one here, ten miles, twenty five grand. The one I've given you a link for, and in the show notes as well. <laughs> it's twenty three uh, nine nine four. It's done three thousand miles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was. Trying to think last night why for reasons why there's so many of these available, and I was trying to think. There's two reasons I could think of. One, the fact that this isn't four wheel drive. So the the average pickup driver, pickup truck driver, wants it for two things. They want to be able to drive off road, potentially, and go and do like either telecommunications on fields and different things and drive off road. This doesn't have four wheel drive, so that's already strike one against it. Mm-hmm. And the strike two is the fact that it can only take a ton payload. Um, when you, look at, yeah. when you look at something like the Sangyong Meso um, that I reviewed on the channel recently, that can take like four tons or something stupid. Um, so yeah, there's two things that people want in a pickup. This doesn't doesn't offer, so that might be why. Yeah, that's it. And and I mean, people often use a pickup to tow as well, don't they? Yep. As well as they'll use the bed and they'll tow with it. Yep. And yeah, I think. But for a if you're a, if you've got a limited company or something, oh, yeah. and you want to get yourself a practical company car that's going to cost you next to nothing on um, company car tax. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean, that will do it all. Yeah, I mean, it's not missed on features. So, again, you haven't got four-wheel drive, but you've got auto headlights, you've got Apple CarPlay cameras, reversing cameras, and air conditioning and all, mm. the, all the usual gubbins. So, I mean, it's not a, not a bad car. And 
Um, Maxis have got relatively good reputation in the UK, I think. So there's a fair few of their vans yeah. around. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, good deal. Again, links are in the show notes. Links are in the um, show description as well. Uh, this next one I found is a. Okay, we just mentioned the Renault Zoe just now. This one's a one-year-old car, so it's a seventy-one reg. Um, Renault Zoe, just over, well, just under thirteen thousand pounds for one that's done. Uh, how many miles has this done? Fifteen thousand miles. So this is one of the cheaper Renault Zoe's I could find on online. So that's pretty good. Yeah, although if you go to like the older Renault Zoe's, you can get them for really very little now, can't you? And um, you can. Like if you. You look at one of the early ones, you can get one like sub five grand, I think. You can, yeah. I was going to mention that one, um, but the fact that the it's a little bit dated now, and this one's got this one's got a nicer interior. Yeah. It's got Apple CarPlay. It's got a bigger battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how cheap how cheap some of them have got. And the Renault Zoe's, there's a load that have come out of what is it? Not Kazoo. Um, onto a load of defleeted vehicles that have come yeah. out of onto. So those those are probably a lot of them that are on the market now, which is pretty good. Um, the, yeah, I know you've got a um, like Fiat 500e on there as well, and mm-hmm. loads of those will have come from onto, I guess. Yeah, I saw one. I know you, the one you've listed is that icon at thirteen thousand four hundred. Yep. I saw what the uh, red edition. Yep. Um, I think it was a two thousand and twenty-two with like ten thousand miles on it, and that was fourteen grand. Yeah. Actually, we'll, we'll mention that so, Fiat now. You know, yeah. So mm. there's. Two different models with the Fiat 500, isn't there? There's the Action, which is those are all the really, really cheap ones that I've seen. So that's got the yeah. smaller yeah. pack and 100 miles of range. This was the very, very first one I saw with the bigger pack, so the 42 kilowatt pack, mm-hmm. and officially 200 miles of range. This one's £13,000, just over £13,000, and it's done 30,000 miles, but it's again, it's a 22 reg. This looks great. Um, yeah. This is the, the cheapest, well, this was a, a cheapest 500 bigger pack that I could find by a long shot. Um, oh, obviously, maybe mm-hmm. apart from that red edition you found, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned a little while ago saying, "Oh, you could you consider a 500 if it became cheap enough." Um, this is oh, hundred yeah, percent, really, really good deal. Um, mm. So again, like it's not. Yeah, I need I need it to be about ten grand less than that with the way my finances are looking at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> I might I might have a little wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's not missing on features. So I think the action doesn't have a screen. I'm not sure. I think it's missing on a screen or something. Yep. Uh, so it's got a big tent yep. screen. It's got USB ports, um, lots of airbags and things, and lots, it's not missing out on features. And for you, I don't think you'll get anything close to this for the same sort of money um, anywhere else. So it's pretty good. Um, the infotainment system's actually really good as well, isn't it? It's not only is it a decent screen, but the infotainment system's like surprisingly good. You sort of expect it to be a bit poo in a Fiat, but it's not. Yeah, I gotta say I've never used it. So I think you've had a you've had a Fiat for a month, but I think we, me and you drove one uh, a drive in April. Um, and no, I didn't use the infotainment, but you, I, yeah, you, I'd, I'd imagine it's pretty good. You did use the brakes though. <laughs> I've got to test out the car. <laughs> yeah, that's when you almost put me through the windscreen. So it's still Sorry, here. I, it's fine. I know I bring that up fairly. I know I bring that up fairly regularly, but. Um, I also see you've got an MG4 on the list. I won't. I won't bring up the fact again that you crashed the press car. I promise. <laughs> I haven't seen that car reviewed anywhere else since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did it catch fire or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, 
yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about the MG4. So we've got MG4, 72 reg, so again, it's like a year old. Uh, this is a 26 grand car, brand new. It's 18 grand. Like, I don't know what is going mm. on with this. So 16,000 miles, yeah. over 200 miles of range. It's That's, yeah, really good. There's some great deals at the moment. Uh, so all I did for this, folks, is just went auto trader, basically done fuel type EV, and then um, I did 22 reg and newer, and then I found all these deals in like 10 minutes. So... It's not, I haven't gone out of my way yeah. to find all these special deals. There's a guy on Twitter I follow um, who just all he does is tweet out auto trader deals as well, and there's some great deals that I find. So, um, it's yeah, I don't think you can say that EVs are expensive to buy, especially when you look at the EV the used market now. So, the price of an EV is no longer the barrier to entry it was, is it? Because you know, you no. can get something very new for under 20 grand, under 15 mm. grand, even, and you can get something older. Yep. for like under five that would would be fine for most people for certainly for short journeys and stuff so oh, yeah. Um, yeah when people say oh they're, they're just for the middle class and etc that's becoming less of an issue uh this one is a is it actually in, in bournemouth this one uh this one's a mini hatch 16 grand uh 22 registers just over well, 18 months old uh it's in 17,000 miles this is one of the the like the uh, higher spec models. I think it's a level three version, so you get more options on it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, this one's this one's really good. I actually bumped into someone who um, I was charging the GV70 while I was filming. Uh, this guy, long story short, he was part of like a f campaign for filming uh, the Mini Electric when it came out. Uh, which is quite cool. So I had a little chat with him about his Mini, and he's, he loves it. So mm -hmm. they're really really good cars. Um, so yeah, this is one of the cheapest Minis I could find online. So that's um at the main dealer as well. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. The the thing with that is, I, again, I'd like to see more range from it. Yeah. I know, I know it is a small city car and stuff, but it'd be good if it was like at least 190, 180, 190. Yeah. 145's a little bit, yeah. But, to be fair, that's where yeah, the new ones are going to come. little things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can see why it doesn't. It, the range is not that great because I went around the factory. When did I go around the factory last month? The month before. So I went to the Mini Oxford factory. It's not very expensive. I think it's like mm -hmm. twenty quid to go around each. Um, and they oh, show right. you the production line. So they they make the petrol and the electric mini on the same production line, and they give you like a cross section of a mini, so lengthways. And you can see why the range isn't very good. The batteries are just in the back. Just um, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's they haven't. It's just not designed for it, unfortunately. Um, but it's no again it was just we'll yeah. take the engine out and put some batteries in really wasn't yeah. it so yeah um but the, the next one hopefully yeah will be yeah. a lot better in that regard but it, it's an incredible price 16 16 it's actually 16 290 now um yep. for you know a year old mini with eighteen thousand on the clock it's pretty impressive it looks really cool in I that know. color scheme as well it does yeah because you can get the one with the plug sockets obviously a little bit more efficient but um like the mm. plug socket wheels, but yeah. Uh, what I was going to mention is with the, with the electric mini, it was quite interesting the fact that they designed it. Uh, so the batteries are in the back of the car, and the guy was saying to stop the car from just doing a wheelie every time, they've actually made the electrical motor system in the bonnet heavier. So they've got metal girders around it, like like structural metal. Mm. So I think I thought, oh, it's a waste of like just putting extra weight in it to stop it from like to cope with the design of it. It's really weird. Um, yeah, hopefully with the the new one. I think it's I think it's gonna be based on the Funky Cat. Don't quote me on that. Um, the new electric mini. So, um, we're looking forward to mm -hmm. that coming out. So, it'd be quite nice. Yeah, um, sure, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna do one honourable mention of the Corsa E. 
when I was researching this last <laughs> night, um, there's over 20 course ease for over under 20 grand yeah it's almost a challenge now to spend more than like 23 on one despite the fact they're (laughs) supposed to be 36 or something something stupid like that yeah i don't know what is going on with that um really bizarre so if i just have a quick look on course e on auto trader and we do low to high again that's all i did there's and we do yeah there's tons here for like just absolutely great these are all by the way, those are all brand new. So if we look at new car deals as well, yeah, it's a brand new. See, they'll one for just all be pre-reg, won't they? Yep. It'll be the same as we saw with the leasing. It'll be all pre-reg, yep. and they just need to hit their quotas. And might even be individual dealers that need to hit certain targets. Um, so they just pre-reg a load of them, pump them out cheap. Yep. Thank you very much. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but there's two on here, which is the facelift mini, sorry, facelift Corsa. So the, the new one with the visor design. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if those are actually brand, brand new cars, like the new model, but um, I'll have to have to find out on that. But there's so many for, like, I just scrolling for ages to all these courses that are 20, 20 grand or less. Again, there's one for 19. Yeah. So if you're in the market for a, a Corsa, definitely jump on that. Um, absolutely mad. So. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, there's a few stories so I've got uh, of the lightning round. So Ford, uh, I haven't seen this story break anywhere else. I was tracking this because I'm quite interested in the new Ford custom electric van. Um, I haven't seen the, the price information for this come out from anywhere else. I follow the guy who's like head of sales for Ford UK on LinkedIn, uh, and he shared that they're releasing the prices soon. So I managed to find their sales PDF of all the details of the new van. Um, but the... Mm-hmm. Basically, we've got the pricing and the specs for the new e-transit custom. Um, so, officially, the diesel one starts at thirty-eight thousand. That's with VAT included. Uh, this electric one is going to start from uh, fifty-two thousand and fifty-six pounds. That's an eighty-two point five kilowatt hour battery pack with one hundred and thirty-four hundred and thirty-four brake horsepower. But yeah, I've since I wrote the story, I've checked, checked, and checked again. No one else has found this information out so I've, at the moment i'm sort of got exclusive mm-hmm. on the pricing for this <laughs> there you go yeah it's um it's too much isn't it yeah um i think so uh it's a yeah it's quite expensive for that i mean van prices have gone bananas in recent times um generally but i just think it's too much and i don't i don't see why it's that much if that makes mm. sense um you think if there, ever there's an easy vehicle to convert to electric, it's a van. You've mm. got all that real estate to play with, and you don't I have know. to do anything too cute, you know. And I mean, it's like I had the I had the Mercedes Vito earlier in the year, the electric one, and it was just way too much money for, for oh, yeah. what you actually got. I thought. Yeah, um, I remember, I remember that. So, I remember that really I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how well it will do really at that kind of price, but I guess if it doesn't do well, they'll discount the hell of it, hell out of it, and um, sell lots of them that way because you know Ford would probably struggle to exist a bit without Transit yeah. in the numbers it sells worldwide. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that just a reference that fifty-two thousand pound one is with VAT. It's forty-three thousand without VAT. Obviously, most people who buy vans oh, okay. buy on VAT. So yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Well, which which yeah. is not as bad. No, fans are just quite expensive. Um, so with mm. that, it's only ten grand more than the very boggo 
um, they call it leader trim. This is all the plastic on it. The electric one comes in like yeah. a mid spec one only. So um, we'll see what happens with that. Right. Also, there'll be loads of lease deals for businesses and things. So I think it, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. They might even chuck in a free charger with the lease deal as well. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't realise it was um, it was X VAT. That's right. Um, uh, so including VAT. Sorry. So yeah, yeah. That's makes a bit more sense. Yeah. There's also some information about when certain certain things are going to be released. So at the moment. There's the e-transit going to be released in summer next year, um, and the deliveries are going to take place in that same time period. Again, it's a bit vague. And then there's different things split up into different waves. You've got wave two, wave one, wave three, um, uh, and then wave two is from March 2024. And there's different heights and different roofs and different delays on different things. So there's going to be a lot of different options, different lengths and weights and um, payloads and things. But one thing I find interesting is that the payload of the e-transit is very very similar if not identical to the diesel one so you're not really listing missing mm-hmm. out on, on anything there yeah which is quite good yeah yeah that's very good it's massively important obviously yep. for the people that are going to be getting hold of one potentially yeah um this was some news well it's about a month ago now but obviously we're a bit uh it's because the monthly show um so aura gwm aura um we're both through the funky cat now uh they're going to rename it to the gwm aura zero three um, and then we've also mm-hmm. at the same time got the name for the big saloon car we saw fully charged. Uh, that's going to be called the Zero uh, yep. Seven. Um, yeah, it was going to be called the Lightning Cat unofficially. So I don't know. Um, it's a bit bit of a shame the fact they're renaming it. But yeah, I think uh, Funky Cat is a bit of a challenging name um, for what is a fairly challenging looking car if you get it in sort of the two tone version and everything. And I guess they're yep. trying to make it a little bit more universal, a bit, I don't know. It's very, like, Aura Funky Cat is very um, Google Translate, really, isn't it? <laughs> you mm. know, where something that might work in a different market maybe doesn't here. So I don't think it's, I, don't, I probably don't think it's it's the worst idea in the world. Um, I'm not sure about Zero Three. Mm. Um it's not the most imaginative thing to come up with, but yeah. um, maybe losing Funky Cat might actually deliver them more sales. Yeah, uh, I had a look around some of the forums as well, and some people were a bit disappointed at the fact they renamed it because it's sort of like the funky, the it's the car's sort of identity, sort of the brand. It's make it quite friendly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed driving that car, but it also, yeah, as you said, it hopefully it will make some people less weirded out by the name i guess so because we're a funny bunch in this country aren't we so um things like that the aura cat off, so. might have been yeah yeah definitely but yeah maybe the aura cat might have been a nicer idea maybe yeah um mm. and at the same time gwm announced their new brand uh sort of plan it's the one gwm um and some cars are going to come to this country as well are the way so gwm have got a way brand um, W-E-Y mm-hmm. they've got coffee models so they've got um, they're going to rename the those cars from Way Coffee 01 to become G- GWM Way 05 so they're going to mm-hmm. get rid of some of the weird branding in this market so let's see what happens um, those those yeah Way models are supposed to come to the UK at some point um, and also we'll get the Aura 7 the Lightning Cat next year so yeah, hopefully it, it brings some sales for them because it's always good to have new car brands to review and try out. So, yeah, that um that weighs quite a decent size SUV, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, 
I, I like mm. the one. Yeah, it looks quite interesting. Yeah, no, it's this. It's interesting to have all these new brands to try out and see what see what things are launching. So it's always good. Um, last thing I saw on Twitter or X now. Um, the I think we spoke about on the podcast a while back. The, there's pole to pole EV people. Um, I can't remember their names actually, but they're basically driving from pole to pole, as the name suggests, in a Nissan Aria that's been modified. Um, and yeah. And they're in, there's a picture on Twitter of them in the, in the Arctic, and surprise, surprise, the EV's working in the cold, which is amazing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they can keep warm from the um, the fire that's about to happen. Oh yeah, it'll, it'll catch fire so, next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they probably catch fire in the cold, don't they, or where there's oxygen or something. So, um, it, it will, I think there's cold and oxygen there, so it's bound to catch fire at any moment. <laughs> so at least it'll keep the hypothermia at bay. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, this this I've been tracking this on Twitter the whole time they've been doing it. It looks really good. Um, what they've achieved with that car, and I think they they were in South America at one point recently. So um, and charging up in different places. So uh, hats off to them. And I'm not I can't remember how long it's actually taken, but I'll put it on screen and in the show notes how long it's taken them. But hats off to them. Very very impressive what they've done. So. Yeah, that Aria looks really cool as well, doesn't it? With a bit it of does. lift kit and the massive tires on it, and it reminds yeah. me of the Top Gear. That's uh, a- Hilux, Hilux from the Pole Special they did, like in twenty thousand seven, whenever it was. So with the the ice yeah, yeah. trucks, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I want to do to a Smart Four Two. By the way, um, <laughs> I've probably mentioned it to you before, but one of my dreams is if I ever um, get sort of an amount of money where I, I can just fritter it away on stupid projects um i will buy probably an old one of the original smart 42 brabus and um put a lift kit on it and massive wheels and flare the wheel arches just for the sheer arrogance of it <laughs> that'd be quite funny sorry did yeah. i say that out loud <laughs> <laughs> as this is the last episode of 2023 we're going to look also look at what car was the best car we drove this year um so you've put yours in there i've put mine in here as well uh, a bit controversial but there we go um <laughs> yeah no um so both of our vehicles are from the same group as well um so uh, i'd be quite interested to see what they are um so for you what was your best best electric car that you've driven this year so mine was the hyundai ionic 6 and I know the design's a bit polarizing for some people, but I absolutely love that car. It's the car that I did um, five countries in one day in. So we started in Folkestone. We went to uh, France. We stopped in Dunkirk. Uh, we went to Bruges. We went to Eindhoven and uh, Dusseldorf all in one day. And um, it was absolutely brilliant. The the rate that that thing can actually charge at at a, a super fast charger if you're at a 250 oh, yeah. or 350 kilowatt charger is insane i mean when you can visibly see the cable shaking from <laughs> a charger you know it's going at a fair rate of knots and i think at the lowest point we had the battery at about 23% and we're literally watching it going 23 24 25 yeah. 26 um and yeah it was just insane like so so good it's a great great thing to drive and it's really been designed to be in driver's car in in my opinion Mm. um 
you can tell a, a lot of thought and energy and effort has gone into the way it drives and the way it looks obviously is a bit polarizing for some people but everything is it was a wind tunnel design um the designer actually said you know every every line on this car is for a purpose for a reason uh, and it's just a such a lovely thing to cruise in such a great sort of grand tourer yeah i think i mentioned before that video you, you and tom made was absolutely amazing um i thought the banter between you two was just absolutely perfect so um it's a shame that video didn't get a load of views, but it was. I thought it was really, really, really good. Um, hopefully, you guys can do yeah, something similar. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. And um, this, the second video is actually the better one, the one that's on Tom's channel. I think um, we don't have the challenge. It's just us coming home. We went to Lille on the way back. Um, we spent a night there, but <clears throat> Tom's just amazing at editing and stuff. And um, yeah, the both and his videos had even fewer views than mine. I think. Oh, it's such a yeah. shame because you know the time and I mean just the filming alone, but then you add the edit onto it and the amount of money it costs and everything else. It's one of those where it just makes no sense. And then that video where I just literally have an idea, pull off the drive and go up the road has got thirty one thousand. I think that that five countries in one day videos on like four maybe. Um, to give you an idea, that's probably made about 15 quid in ad revenue. So yeah. a little bit upside down on that one. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and then my favourite car this year, again, we, dis we discussed it earlier in the podcast. Um, I, th I, I really thought it was the GV60 um, this year. I know that you said it's not quite as special as other Genesis models, but I really thought a combination of the way it looks, like the efficiency of it, um, and sort of the, the performance from that Sport Plus model was just absolutely amazing and the amount of looks that thing's got when i drove it around that week i just i even i i did half think uh, maybe uh, maybe the honda e was my favorite car this year but i think the combination of how well that car works and again it's the same platform as the onyx 6 so the same charging speed you'll get from it as well um like rapid fast yeah really good charging speed so for me um my favorite car this year was a gv60 but yeah i mean the gv60 is a brilliant car um yep in pretty much every regard it, my yep. thoughts on it are just it's doesn't feel like genesis but um it is brilliant enough. absolutely brilliant yeah. yeah i had a bit of theater to it like the orb that folds like comes out the dash and so it was a, it was a bit yeah. it feels like it has a little bit more space than um the 70 in the, in the interior because i think because the center console is not quite as high and i like how close the screens are to you and i don't know I, a combination of those two things i I really, really, really liked. Folks, if you're watching this as a video on my channel at the moment, please, whichever podcast app you you uh, use, please go and subscribe to us on that. The podcast is called Charging Status. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on pretty much every platform, Spotify, you name it. Please go and subscribe to us on there. Follow us and give us a review. It really does help. And um, please leave a comment in this video as well. Thanks. Awesome. Again, thanks for listening or watching this episode of the Charging States podcast. You can find us on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. And of course, check out those chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. We've got an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts. That'll help support this episode and future podcasts we do. Jim, you've also got a book out all about used cars. Be sure to check that out. It's a great read. Link is in the show notes and on Jim's website where I'm an occasional contributor. 
Thanks again, Jim, for joining me on the show. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on my website, notaguru.co.uk. It's probably the best place to go, and all my links to everything are there. Fantastic. Uh, you can find The Interface at theinterface.uk. Links are in the show notes. Thanks, everyone, and have a good Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year.